Okay, well, we'll go ahead and start. Um, I'm going to go ahead and audio record myself sharing this session. I don't know if we'll have anyone re listen to it, or maybe one person will, but there's no cost in audio recording. And um, one of the, the things that I want to model in this is just some of the ways that we can extend our classroom and allow for learning to take place, you know, when it's not just not just face-to-face. -face. So I am really a geography lover. It was one of my majors in college. And I totally believe, you know, so many people think geography, they think states and capitals, you know, memorizing place location, and there's so much more to geography than that. But what we're going to talk about today with geomaps is going to be more than just social studies and, and more than just geography. It's going to be the idea of connecting a concept, an idea, a web page, an audio recording, a video, you know, some kind of media to a location and to a place. And we'll actually do... A, pro a little short project together where we'll just get some current events and then put them on a map and, and see how, how you can do that. So this map, and to give me a little idea, of, tell I know Shelly, and I've, you're uh, Indian education, mm -hmm. right? You're yes, in? Family Consumer Sciences. Okay, at the, at the high school. Mm -hmm. Excellent. One of the things... Touring Oklahoma class. Okay. Well, cool. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Anything that's involving travel or a journey or anything like that, you know, lends itself real well to this. A lot of these tools are going to be tools that apply to multiple grade levels. You know, it's not just going to be, oh, well, that's kindergarten. I mean, even what we just did with narrated art, you know, I dare someone who's a calculus teacher to have his students show a partial derivative and then explain it in 60 seconds. I mean, that would be a really good thing to do to be able to explain your process. And so um, there's a lot, of, a lot of skills that we can apply at different levels. And we might be doing some of these things as whole class activities or really facilitating what the students are doing if we're at, you know, primary levels. But if we're, you know, at secondary levels and above, you know, then these are things that students would be doing independently and, and turning in. So um, as we think about this, this can be overwhelming. Uh, you don't have to start in order, but I think it, it definitely can be good to start with just interactive writing and narrated art. That's kind of like starting at the, at the beginning. But there's no, there aren't any rules that say you have to start there. We can go right to making, you know, puppet videos or quick edit videos, or like today we can go to GeoMaps. So I'm going to go ahead and click the link for GeoMap. And like the rest of these these pages, and these are a work in progress. I'm trying to, to put together another book, a second book, that's going to have these 12 different products as, as examples because I'm very passionate about technology integration, and I think we, we must, we've got to help the kids create things with the technology. Too often, we are at the front of the room doing all the work and doing most of the learning, and the degree to which students can be actively engaged in creating, in teaching, in sharing, um, that can be beneficial for their learning, but it also can enable them to extend their learning beyond our classroom, you know, just because we just saw IES and some of those kids sharing their book reports about the Sequoia book. They hadn't recorded those digitally, you know, we probably wouldn't be able to do that. They wouldn't be able to be here at this time, and they'll, the fact that we have the ability now to duplicate ourselves in that way is, is a powerful thing. So, um, a geomap basically is a media... The best way to get our heads around this is to probably look at examples. So there's a formal definition there and some workflow. But I'm going to skip down below that stuff and go right to the examples um, to be able to take a look at what some of these could look like. And so 
we're going to probably wrap, we will wrap up by 5.15. We're going to wrap up by about 5 or 5.15. So this is going to be an abbreviated session, but I hope that this is going to be enough to inspire you to want to learn a little bit more. I'm a coach here in UConn working with teachers, and so you just need to send me an email and say, Wes, I'd like to get together and let's work on whatever, you know, and, and I'll work with you during your plan or after school. That's what I'm getting paid to do four days a week um, on contract for the district. And so... Um, but I also want us to actually do one together. The first one I'm going to show you is kind of out of order, but it's just this website called newspapermap.com. I just think this is amazing because these are all newspaper websites that are around the world, and you can filter these, you know, by language. So if we wanted to just, you know, filter by English. Um, and so you could go to one of these placemarks and see what it is, and then you can click on the link and actually read it. So this is going to be uh, news from uh, Nigeria, and this is an English-language newspaper. And, you know, we're going to be able to read current events from that um, newspaper. And, and some of these are going to be posts from other places. It looks like we switched links there as we, as we clicked on it. Um, but the power of being able to, to geomap and thinking about where, where we are in the world and... Um, let's say I'm, you know, a Spanish language teacher, um, and it's it's really important for our kids to have a global perspective. I mean, even this, you know, what question might we ask? Why are we so concentrated here? Well, that's the Iberian Peninsula. That's where Spain is. That's where, you know, the, the Spanish-speaking world basically originated as they colonized, um, you know, Latin America. Um and so this is an example of a geomap that somebody else has created, but it has this idea of placemarks. We click on the placemark and we get more information. And some of that information is being able to go to their website where, you know, we get additional information um, and we can read them. And, of course, now with Google, we can... Um, Click on an article, and it'll auto-detect <coughs> after it finishes loading. Oh, this page is in Spanish. Would you like to translate it? Oh, sure. Let's translate it. So, you know, there it dynamically is translating it from that from Spanish, you know, into English. And, oh, let's transfer that into Finnish. I mean, it's amazing that we can do that kind of thing. And But the newspaper map provides a very, I think, powerful visual way to be able to explore that and interact with that. Because we could have a hot list of sites, but it's different than having a map like that. So that's, that's one example of a, of a, um, of a geomap project. Um, this is one that's very similar to what we're actually going to create today. We're going to use a website called Global Voices Online. And it's a, a project that students at Harvard started a number of years ago to have reporters, mostly students or young people, reporting news from around the world. And so these are current events over here. And you can actually see they've used a lot of, the, maybe all these, all these that are coming up so far, are all global voices. And so if we go to this article about Libya, you know, we can see that it's interacting here and we can, we can click on it. It's going to show us that country and, you know, we can we can click and get more information. Now, they're trying to get us to log in, I guess, so that we can actually use, fully use their site. Um, but this was actually a site that somebody sent me today on Twitter. I posted 
a question about who, you know, if anybody knew about other tools besides Google Maps for creating, um, for creating a GeoMap project. This is one that I've not used, but it um, really is a, is a powerful example. It's, it, this is called Meograph, and this is the one they have, they created, and this is the Trayvon Martin case in Meograph. And so... Um, this, this is Victoria Glassroth from KBWM San Diego, bringing you the story of the Trayvon Martin case. The story begins with 17-year-old Trayvon Martin taking a quick run to 7-Eleven for snacks on February 26th. On Trayvon's way back home, he was spotted by George Zimmerman, who dialed 911. Zimmerman began following Martin while on the phone with 911 against police direction. <laughs> they always get away. Are you following them? Yeah. Okay, we don't need to do that. A terse face-to-face exchange led to Zimmerman shooting Trayvon Martin point blank in the chest. Can I finish? I'll follow you finish. You know, I'm going to get out of here. Somebody push Trayvon because they had to take this George Zimmerman walked away uncharged and unarrested, prompting Trayvon's parents to take action. The case quickly grew in prominence, drawing attention from national activists. You can't defend yourself against a pack of skittles and ice tea. Tonight, the anger, frustration, and outrage. Even President Obama waited, empathizing with Trayvon's family and urging cooperation from all authorities. But my main message is, is uh, to the parents of uh, Trayvon Martin. You know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. Florida's ability to arrest Zimmerman was questioned by the lead prosecutor due to the state's stand-your-ground law. The next day, Representative Bobby Rush made an emotional speech about the case on the House floor. Just because someone wears a hoodie does not make them a hula. Several weeks later, Zimmerman's legal team abandoned the case, citing an uncooperative client. We want to announce today, as of now, we are withdrawing as counsel for Mr. Zimmerman. We've lost contact with him. Up to this point, we've had contact every day. A month and a half after the shooting, George Zimmerman was charged with second-degree murder and taken into custody. Several days later, Zimmerman is released on a $150,000 bond. A Florida judge set Zimmerman bail at $150,000. He'll now likely spend the rest of the year out of jail at an undisclosed location while he awaits trial. On June 1st, a judge revoked Zimmerman's bond over incomplete financial disclosure, and a few days later, Zimmerman returns to jail. As of late June, the case remains ongoing. We'll update this meograph as the case progresses to give you the very latest breaking news, along with the context of what's happened so far. Okay, so I'm going to mute that. I'm going to hit play again. Let's talk about this. Think about a traditional student research paper, okay? Paper and pencil, they've used library resources, but that's what they're turning in. Contra what do you see as, as the differences here, and what do you see as the benefits of, of perhaps creating something like that or having students create something like this? What, is this? what does this have and do for us that we're totally not, you know, we're, we're not getting with our traditional assignment. 
Mm -hmm. it, it, th in this case, it is like a video. It's a compilation, a, a collection of different things, but it is a linear two minute, 51 second video that we've created. What else? It's also a lot more current and up to date. Yep, and it, uh, and it has that ability to update too. It doesn't look like they've updated it, you know, in a year, but from what they, this one was created by the Meograph, you know, authors. It looks like it's coming from an official San Diego site, and I've actually researched it, and this is like, uh, oh, I don't remember what the name of the movie was, but there's a, it's, a, it's not a real television station, so they're portraying themselves as being official news, uh, but it, that's, it's, not a, it's not a real news station that's done that. Um, I like the timeline feature of this. Um, I have not personally used and seen that many timeline tools. I remember in school, you know, making timelines and just trying to, to sequence things and understand what came first and how something affected something else. I, I really like that aspect of this. What about the map side of this? Does this does that add much to this? In the I think it shows connection. Yeah. I mean, some of it might just be, well, it's kind of a, something else interesting to look at. Um, but, you know, especially the ones where they're traveling or they're showing, you know, geography isn't just memorizing the capitals. It's understanding, you know, places in context, you know, and, and the east and the south. And, you know, there, there are issues, in, and politically, too. We look at the election and we talk about red states and blue states and, you know, it. It's showing relationships and your project that you're talking about, like a travel project, be great, right? Because you can, I love, by the way, you know, the Indiana Jones movies that show the plane that leaves Calcutta and then the red line, you know, goes. I just thought that's so cool. The new version of iMovie, I haven't done that yet, but it actually includes the ability to do that. You can have a map and, you know, show how, where you're, you're traveling and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it's a little bit like that, where you can, you can show a location and then they're having a line that's coming in. Any other thoughts about this? Well, and on the mapping, like, my students just get an assignment. We're talking about Frontier Country in Central Oklahoma. And they were <clears throat> given different places, give two ways to get to Stillwater from Gastry. Mm -hmm. Well, you go on I-35. And in their mind, that's done. You know? Right. But they don't bother to tell you what you do, how far do you go, where you turn sure. off, that kind of thing. So the mapping thing would be great because they could actually pinpoint it on there and then it would you know, right. do something to them. And being able to also talk about, you know, <laughs> the tricky part of the route, you know, and mm -hmm. what your landmark is and what you're going to look for. And, you know, like this, you could actually bring up a little picture that shows, I mean, it maybe if students have a chance to take that picture on on their own, they could. But you know, Google has their Street View project where they've sent these cars all around, taking a lot of pictures. I mean, you, that's more true in metro areas than real rural areas. But it's pretty amazing what's available now in terms of pictures and stuff like that. So there's just a lot more um, a lot more possibilities. I'm also struck on this one. I haven't seen the Arab Spring one, but I'm struck by how complex this is. Right? There's a lot going on here. And in a really short amount of time, less than three minutes, you know, how many video clips did we see? How many different, you know, pieces did we see? I mean, it really 
compressed a lot of information. And I don't know about you, but I've seen quite a few student PowerPoint presentations that just kind of go on and on, and the kids just read from their slides. And, you know, it's it's challenging to, to fit a, uh, information into a smaller container. And so as you think about an assignment that you might give for students, think about constraints. There's constraints here. You know, this will be two minutes, or this will be three minutes, or whatever. And, and that's the maximum. You're not going to be able to do more. And then in that time, I'm going to need you to explain, you know, these things. And so um, it's a good skill to have, and it's also a practical thing for us to do as teachers, because we won't have 20 minutes for each student, you know, to come up and present their deal. But if we have those kind of constraints, it can challenge them in a good way with Bloom's taxonomy to have to really evaluate and, you know, make decisions about what is what are the most important parts of that case or, or that trip or whatever the assignment might be. How long does it take to put one of these together? So I have not personally created a meograph. I'm showing this. I would say this is kind of a pinnacle of what these could, could look like because doing it like that with a timeline in the video, I don't know. I, I, I need to create one um, to be able to answer that question. Um, but this is one of the, of the most, uh, one of the neatest and snazziest examples of a, of a GeoMap project that I've seen. One of the things that I'll encourage you to do too with your students is present them with a menu of options. You'll have a rubric. And, and for many projects, students could probably do it completely paper-based, and that'd be fine. You know, they could do a poster. They could do something that's not digital. One of the, the challenges we have with technology as teachers is we feel like, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to owe all the stuff about NeoGraph in order to do it. No, we're not. You know, with this list of these different tools, um, you definitely, we, we need to go for mastery learning objectives. What do you want your kids to learn in this lesson? And then this can be an option for them if they want to, especially at the secondary level, to be able to register on this and, and then be able to, you know, put those pieces together. And you, you may have some students that would jump at that. But this, the same mastery learning objectives could be shown on this kind of a site or probably through a very old school, poster-based, non-digital, you know, kind of tool. And I think that's a... Hopefully that can be an encouraging thing for us as teachers to not feel like we're going to have, well, I've made three of those and I know all about that. I mean, you can offer it as an option to say this is really a powerful tool. Um, you're going to need to basically teach yourself how to, how to use this. But here's what I want you to do, whether you use Meograph or Google Maps or your poster. You know, this is what I want you to do with your assignment. Is this only like current? Because one time we were talking about Leonardo da Vinci in my art class, and one of the kids was listening to me talk about the time frame, and he said that would be around Christopher Columbus's time. Mm -hmm. And so, like, is it something that is only current, or could be? Oh, no. So because I just thought, oh, if you could even layer, oh, right. and I just thought that he made that connection right. with his teacher. I was like, oh, he, you know, we were talking about the fate of those were from Italy and right. And, no, no, it can be. It, it, this particular one is calling it four-dimensional storytelling, and I maybe think that's because of the timeline as well as the the geo. But no, it could be whatever timelines we wanted. And we age of exploration. You know, here were the the different explorers or the Renaissance and the painters of the Renaissance. Um, 
there'd be lots of possibilities. And that's really unique in, in having that, that timeline feature. Okay. Um, you know, that's a good question. I am not sure. Um, well, they call it four-dimensional storytelling. Um, so I guess it's it's audio, video. And see, they don't really have just tons of... Like, here's Arab Spring. I, they don't really have a... Um, like browse, you know, browse all the different examples. They've got how tos and stuff. But, but, but you know that that could be that could be a fun one to to do together. Like we could make one about Renaissance painters, you know, and we might well we we do a plan just like we were doing a research paper. You know, who are the painters we're going to do? And we probably get pictures of them, and then we think about what piece of their life or what aspect of their painting and and um, contribution to art do we want to highlight and then you know go through the steps of of uh putting it together i haven't done that particular one um, one other one that i found as i was you know researching these and i haven't gone to this one in depth this is called the hiroshima archive and you can see this one's coming from a dot jp um, address it's coming from japan and um spoken here. What do we conclude about, I mean, what is this? What do you think this project is? with some of that, you know, or somebody who has a memory of it, maybe their parent or their grandparent. So these are all related to Hiroshima. You could see the bomb, you know, uh, map superimposed over the, the Google map. But you've got images. Here you've got the three-dimensional Google Earth that they're putting up there. So we've got images, we've got text, we've got video, but we have it all overlaid on top of the geography. So that's that's really the heart of the GeoMap project is that you're going to be able to take content and you're going to be able to connect it to places so that you allow people a different way of navigating through that information, interacting with that information, and learning 
with that information. So the video that we're seeing right now is in Google Earth, and Google Earth um, lets you do those kinds of sophisticated things where you actually overlay an old map on top of a new map, and then you can um, see how landforms have changed, <coughs> how cities have grown, um, you know, how events unfolded, how things happen. They've recorded a screencast of Google Earth, so as they were going through Google Earth and exploring it, they've recorded that. But I think this is a pretty interesting video since there is, there is not any, any spoken um, language in there. What do you think? Where, where, where are we here? Bikini Atoll, that's where the uh, atomic bomb was tested in the Pacific prior to it being dropped on Hiroshima. You know, and I'm thinking about current, current events right now. Why are we talking about going to war against Iran right now in our country? Because of them going nuclear, right? Where are the nuclear powers in the world? Who, who's in that nuclear club? Um, and, and where, you know, which, what are the countries who are, who are working to join the nuclear club? And then where are the nuclear power plants? <clears throat> Last September I went to Maine. And uh, Lewis and Maine, they had a Geo Teachers Institute, and one. And I don't have this to pull up and show you, but a very, very powerful uh, geo map that they brought up overlaid the location of nuclear power facilities with fault lines on the Earth. Oh, look what we have in Japan! You know these nuclear facilities that are right there, right along the fault lines, and what you know happened with the was it Kobe? Was that where the earthquake was? Um, so that's a that's a pretty uh, you know very advanced project, but showing a lot of different possibilities of how we can connect places to media together. We're going to do a much more modest kind of project, um, but before we do, um, I will show you one other example and. Uh, well, maybe I'll just open up to, to show you. This one is another one I don't know a, tr a ton about, but I found. It's called the GeoHistorian Project. Got the, got the QR codes there, like we were talking about earlier before we got started. And this one, it looks like it's about a, a year old, but what they are starting to do is to put in these markers around their community. You know, just like at Independence Library, you can listen to those book reports by scanning the QR code. So they're doing this in places around um, their community and they are uh, installing them so that people can hear stories or hear information, you know, that goes with that particular historic site or, you know, whatever, uh, whatever it is they're looking at. In fact, I'm looking at this thinking of my son and his Eagle Project. He's going to have to think of an Eagle Project that he's going to do here in the next few years. And, you know, we've been different places where they, you know, scouts build bridges and they do other kinds of construction sorts of things. But... That, that ability to, you know, make the digital accessible quickly to, to other people is, is, a whole, is a whole other um, aspect of that. I didn't put this one. Well, and something like that, like if you, let's say he had re recorded something for the Eagle Project, you know, on a, mar a, mar a marker somewhere. If he found out information later on, later on post-project, could you always go back into the website and add 
Right. And that can be text, that can be pictures, that can be a video, that can be audio. I mean, you can link it to all kinds of things. I'll put this uh, link on here. I, I forgot to put this one on. This is a project called Murmur. Um, I, the, in Berkeley, California, they have a project called, or a whole nonprofit called the Center for Digital Storytelling. Um, and their project, they've done a lot of different things, but um, <laughs> this this is a project where they have, huh, and I haven't been here for a while, so maybe their database isn't working. They recorded stories of different places around Toronto, and then they put um, actual cell phone numbers that you would call, and you call the number, and then you hear the story about what happened. I've thought about our building right next door. What's the name of this building that was the original Yukon? The, central, the original Central Elementary. Yeah, there's stories about that building. You know, there are people here in our community that could tell stories about that. Wouldn't it be neat to have kids, you know, capture some of those stories, but then find a way to make those accessible in the community? You know, and that could be through an app or whatever. So that, I'll, I'll add that one to our, to our list. Um, this is one that somebody sent me today on Twitter also, um, the plan for Lansdowne Park. They have, and I have not heard of this tool before, ThinkLink. We'll be able to do this, a similar thing to this in Google Maps. They've taken a map and they've overlaid it with close-up pictures. I'm thinking of our maps project in Oklahoma City, right, which is going to, there's going to be a new elementary down there. There's going to be, I mean, there's also, there's, you know, amazing stuff they've done down by the Devon building, but, you know, in, in visualizing something and then giving more information about it. Uh, this is a geomap project. We've got a map, you know, we've got the ability to mouse over and select more information that we'd like to have about, about different projects. So those are basically all those examples except for the first one. And this one is one that I know quite a bit about because I happen to know the founder. Have you all heard of this one before, Google Literature Trips? Jerome Berg is a retired English teacher from the Bay Area in San Francisco, and uh, he's a Google certified teacher. And after he became Google certified, he um, wanted to do this project because he saw this ability to take literature and then connect it to geography. And so these are all called Google Lit Trips that different, mostly teachers have done, some students have done. I'm going to scroll down and try and find the one about um, Boston and the Ducks. Make Way for Ducklings by Robert McCleskey. I'm going to show you a primary example and a secondary example. I'll show you the Iliad by Homer, and I'll show you this one. I don't know if you've read this book before. This is a very famous picture book, and it's one that um, I've read to my kids before. And so it takes place in Boston, and the story of this Mr. and Mrs. Mallard Duck, and they're finding a home for their family. So in this particular project, or in this on this site, um, you will download a file that will open up in Google Earth. And so Google Earth, you know, uh, is a free program from Google. We're going to be using Google Maps today for our project, and that doesn't have to be downloaded. It just works inside your web browser. But there are all kinds of things that we can, uh, we can view in Google Earth and we can explore. You can even, you know, shipwrecks, the ocean. There are live tracking things for great white sharks off the California coast. 
Um, you know, ancient Rome, people have built all kinds of three-dimensional models. There's all kinds of stuff that, that you can um, do on Google Earth. And, of course, we could – what's our address? Are we at 300 Maple? Is that the Edmund Building? 600 Maple? So I'm going to put 600 Maple, Yukon, Oklahoma. So I'll hit Enter, and it's going to fly us there right now. And it will zoom in with the satellite view. <clears throat> All right, so there we are here in the admin building, and we can we can zoom in even more. And one of the things that you can do, here we are in the PDC. Are we right here? No. no nope, you're right. We're here. So one of the things that you can do in both Google Earth and Google Maps is you can put a place mark. You can put a pin in. So I'm going to put a pin in right there, and I'm going to call that the YPS PDC. And you can add um, images to that. So we could we could um, add a link to a, a picture that we found online. Um, we can change what that looks like if we think what would be a better icon for the PDC as a camera. There's something that looks schooly. Information. I don't know. You choose the icon that you want, and then you put information here. Um, the Professional Development Center is a wonderful facility that used to be our book, what do you call it? Storage. <laughs> book storage facility. Okay, so that's like simplest, just text. You know, there's not any links, there's not any pictures, it's just text. But now... When we come over here and we click on it, oh, what do we see? The bubble pops up. Okay, and that's what we're going to make today. We're going to make that on a Google map, but this is inside Google Earth. So what a Google Lit Trip has done is teachers have identified the places that go with that book, and then they've set it up so that we can take a tour and explore those places. And so what I'm going to do now on this Make Way for Ducklings is I'm going to click the link that says Download Make Way for Ducklings, it's going to download this file, and because I have Google Earth, now when I double-click it, it's going to fly us to Boston, where they have set up all these place marks with these little bubbles for the different um, elements that are here on this trip. So I'm going to hide um, some of these, and you can see here, these are the different pieces on the trip. So uh, Mr. and Mrs. Ballard's route. They go from the public garden to Beacon Hill to the State House to the Charles River. And so I can go ahead and click on these. One of the reasons why this is such a wonderful media just in general is, you know, this, this particular book talks about the swan boats. Well, kids may not have any idea what a swan boat is. They may not have gone to the public park where you feed the, the, the swans and feed the ducks. I heard a presentation by some teachers from Flint, Michigan, a couple years ago, and they were just talking about this kind of thing where they said, our kids don't get to get out much, you know, and being able to see pictures and get examples can be a very powerful thing. But what the author has done here is given you some curriculum questions. What are some concerns Mr. and Mrs. Ballard have about raising a family, you know? And so that's a prompt that you, you know, could have with your kids. So now we can go to Beacon Hill. And what do we have here? We've got some text, but now we've got 
a picture that's overlaying Boston here, and um, we've got a source that, that is taking. Now, my favorite part of this is when Michael helped them cross the road. And this is sort of the most traumatic part of the entire thing because they cross this busy street and the nice policeman, Michael, is helping them cross the street. Now, what I love about this is, okay, so here's the map and they've put these place marks in and they've labeled these. But one of the things you can do in Google Earth is you can turn three-dimensional buildings on and off. So with one click of the mouse here, look at what's going to happen. Three-dimensional Boston pops up. And so we can now use our uh, Google Earth navigational tools to fly the route. And we could even go down to the street level here, you know, and get a sense for what might that have felt like. This is a work of fiction, of course. But what does that feel like for the ducks crossing the busy street? You know, and so and this we've and what we've just jumped into here is Google Street View. So this is where Google has sent cars literally down this street with cameras, and they've taken pictures, and we can you know basically drive down the street you know using our computer. So this is a GeoMap project, and um, that is that's a primary example. I'm going to click really quick on the nine through twelve and just show you a little bit of the uh, Iliad, or, yeah, the, the, the Odyssey by Homer. So there's contention over whether, you know, Homer was thinking about a <clears throat> Grecian-centric Odyssey or whether it went throughout the Mediterranean. So there are two versions of this. If you want the one that's just around the Greek peninsula, that's number one. If you want the one that goes all the way around uh, the Mediterranean, that's over here. <clears throat> so I'm going to open it up, and now we've got to fly across the Atlantic Ocean, and here we are going to, um, you know, around, around the Mediterranean. Now, if we come over here to Troy, I don't know how many of you saw the Brad Pitt movie, but one of the things that might seem a little strange is, you know, when Brad Pitt and the, and, and the Greeks were storming the beaches there, they were storming the beaches. Why is Troy here? Anybody have a idea about that? That's not the real Trojan horse, by the way. It's just a reconstruction. Why? Why would they believe modern-day Troy is situated here? The coastline has moved. Okay, so because of silting and because of you know the passing of the centuries, um, this used to be on on the Mediterranean, and so the river has has filled in and the coastline is, is a lot further away. But, um, you know, there's just all kinds of things to be able to explore. Google Earth costs how much? Free. Free for Windows computers. Free for Macs. And so the aha that Jerome Berg had, who's the, the creator of this, he hasn't made all the Google Lit trips, but he um, is the one who facilitates the, the projects and and basically vets them. Um, I don't think I want to do that. He had the aha that, oh my gosh, you know, we can we can connect this to literature, and it's not just something for social studies teachers. It's not just something for geography. You know, there's all all kinds of connections that we can make with this. I just think of the stories close to home, like the little house on the prairie series as they journeyed across. Yes. Well, I wonder what grade level do you think that one would be. 
And that's Laura Ingalls Wilder. Um, you think it would be, would it? So he doesn't have this set up, you know, on a database or something like that. And it doesn't, he doesn't have anything about Wilder. But, you know, he, you can suggest new titles. And this is something that students, you know, can do as well. Um, but that the idea is making placemarks and putting information in there, okay? So that's what we are going to do. We are going to actually create one. And um, what I'm going to model, I, underneath workshop activities, um, there's a wonderful free tool called the, I call it the random fruit machine. It's a way of randomly selecting things. And so I'm going to randomly select a country for each of us from this website called Global Voices Online. Um, I have gone ahead and created for us a Google map um, on Google Maps that I just called a GeoMap of Current Events. And right now it has one current event. I wrote, I've used this tool to get Equatorial Guinea, which I really know nothing about. And the last article on this website about it was, was talking about uh, the, the Portuguese language community that they were trying to enter into. This website, globalvoicesonline.org, was started a number of years ago by students and graduates of Harvard University, and <clears throat> a lot of times the news we read is, is written through the lens of people who live around where we do, or they live in our country, and it's helpful and oftentimes enlightening to read news coming from other places to get a global perspective and a global understanding. So. Um, we can click on countries here, and these are all the countries of the world, and there are articles um, about all of them um, on this website. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to copy all of these countries, and I'm going to um, I'm going to do a little fancy thing on my computer here where I say replace all the um, tabs with a carriage return because I want to just paste. I want to copy and paste all the countries of the world into um, this tool. And I'm going to say fruit machine. So what it's going to do is it's going to give us each a country. So you're going to be Cook Islands. Remind me of your first name? Glenda. Glenda. Glenda is going to be the Cook Islands. Shelly, you get Canada. And remind me of your first name? Nancy. Nancy. You are Yemen on the Arabian Peninsula. And I will get one, too. I'm going to be huh, Turks and... Does anyone know how to pronounce Caicos. that? Caicos? All right, cool. So... Um, Here's the assignment, and I'm going to uh, give you a little bit of time to do this and help and help you do it, <laughs> okay? Um, on our page, on our GeoMap page, where all of these examples were and these links and everything, we're doing these steps right here under workshop activities, and we've just done step number one, okay? I use the United Fruit Machine, Random Fruit Machine to select a country. I want you to find an article about your country, and then you're going to put that article in a placemark that you make on our map. Now, I've already created the map inside Google Maps. Um, you're simply going to be editing it. And so, um, 
you might have noticed, as I've been showing different things here, I like to use tabs. It's just I could open up different windows, but it can be easier to have kind of tabs open instead of having different windows. It can be a little bit confusing. And for this activity, you may have you may use three primary tabs. Um, here's the instructions, okay? It was the links of what we're going to be doing. The first link you're going to go to here is for your Global Voices Online. And if you will right-click, um, or on these, they may not be able to right-click. I don't think we do. But you can hold down the Control button, and that's a right-click. So if you just hold down Control, it functions like a right-click. And you can open it in a new tab to find the article about your, uh, your country. So um, my country was... Turks and, how do you say that? Caicos. Caicos, Turks and Caicos. So I could search, but if I click the countries tab, I can find that country here, and it will link me to those articles. Okay, so here are our latest articles. Goodness gracious, that's not very recent. <laughs> that's, that's an article from, um, from July of 2009. So um, if you do want to find, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised by that. If you um, do want to find something that is, well, uh huh. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna follow those steps. Okay, six steps we've got here. We just did number one. We're on number two. Okay, so you're gonna find an article about your country on Global Voices Online. And you might want to watch me do this, and then I'm gonna give you a few minutes to to do it, and I'll I'll help you kind of go through the steps. Because you're going to find an article, and even though it's an older article, okay, there, um, this is an article about talking about democracy. This is the link that I'm going to copy, all right? So you're going to copy this link. And then it says, create a new placemark on our current events geomap. And so when you open up this map, I have set this map so that any of us can edit it. I've created it that way. Just like a document in Google that you could share privately with just other teachers or just with students, or you can share it with the whole world, I have chosen to share this one with all of us so that we can all edit it. So what do you think I want to search for here um, in my search bar? Yep. And... Thankfully, look at that. It's going to help me, and I just type the word Turks, and it's going to find it there. So there it is. And um, what I want to do is um, I want to create a placemark that's going to go um, onto this map. And... These are ads that I don't want to click on. And what I want to do is I want to find a search. This is the way I've been able to do this before. Find a search where I can actually um, click on a link. And these placemarks here are going to give you an option to let you save this to um, your map. And you're going to be able to put this on your map. 
So my map now has two different locations on it. It has my Equatorial Guinea um, link that I created, and then it has my um, Turks and Caicos um, link that I did. And um, you should be able to edit your, I don't know why I put that on there twice, you should be able to edit your locations that you do, and this is where you can put in links. So let's go ahead and just start by, by finding an article and trying to put a, a location on our map, and then we can, we can see about making it a little bit fancier and putting, putting the link in there. Okay, I forgot where I'm going. I'm going to GeoMaps? Yeah, the, you want to, you if you want to just start off on our mapping, on our mapping media page on, on GeoMaps. We're underneath the section that says workshop activities, and so we're gonna we're gonna do workshop act. We're gonna go to link number two, which is your global voices. Well, I would go ahead and click back on that link, and instead of opening that where it covered up your map, click back one more time. Um, back rather than forward. Oh. Yeah, back one more. Go ahead and open it in a new link. So if you control click the um, Global Voices and then open it in a new link. Oh, yep. I do that. that way it'll leave this one here gotcha. and you can go to that other, so other tab. So yeah, just click back. back. Uh huh. Okay, one more. Okay, now you're going to hold down your control key and click on global, the uh, global, uh-huh. Now open it in a new tab. New tab. Yeah. So now this will stay here. Click on that tab. Uh, and you'll, you'll be able to search that. Okay. So, so I've my you article. Okay. Next. What do I do now? Excellent. Go ahead and copy your article. So, well, click on the article so we'll go to it. I think we're, right now we're looking at all the, the articles about Yemen, which we still could, but. So this is that specific article, okay. and you're going to copy that address at the top. So if you just click up there at the top or highlight it, go ahead and copy it. Okay, and now we're going to go back to our GeoMap, and in a, new, in a new tab, open up this, Current Events GeoMap. So go ahead, and I think you have to, yeah, that did it. Go ahead and go over there. All right, so click Save to My Places. And go ahead and sign in. And when you sign in, um, you'll just use, that's fine, click leave page. We'll just have to come back to it okay. again. Go ahead and sign in with your Yukon um, Google account. Okay, so. All right, so you've got a, you want to find a candle? Yeah, so, so go to one of those articles. Mm, I, uh, the disappearance of Native women looks interesting. All right, <laughs> very good. All right, so you are going to copy that address. Highlight, copy that link. So you'll double click it and then go up to, yeah, you can do Command C. That works. Or, or edit copy. Good. Now we're going to go over to our GeoMap page. And in a new tab, we're going to open up our current events GeoMap. So, again, if you want to click back and then hold down your control key, it'll open it in a new tab. And that way you can leave your 
leave your instructions there. So hold on control and click on it. Open a new tab. Yep. Okay. So here. I'm going to do that one. Yep. You're going to need to sign in first. So after you're signed in, I've copied or pasted uh -huh. it there. Now Good. Do I do? Save, save to my places. Yeah, your real sign in. Save to my places. Okay. Good. Now you can. Search for Yemen. So instead of the address up there, I'll go ahead and delete that and just put Yemen. And click on my places. See if we can do it this way. And is there, okay, here's the geomap. Click on that. Just try the airport. <laughs> or is that the capital, Sanaa? Click, click on. What we're looking for is an actual place. There it is. Great. Save to map. And it'll give you choices, and you should be able to choose. You can say dismiss that. Yeah. Yep. And since you save that map, mm -hmm. then it's appearing here, and you can go ahead and click save. Okay. So now, if you click on my places. And click on our map, our geo map. There you are. There's Sanaa. So go ahead and click on it. All right. And now you can edit. It even put stuff there in Arabic. So you can make this now say whatever you want. If you want to say Sanaa, Yemen, the capital of Yemen, and then you can put your link, and I didn't show that part, um, but you can actually uh, paste your link mm -hmm. in here. And we can make it so that it'll be hyperlinked and people can click on it. So just go ahead and change the title and then put your link down there below it. Okay, so I pulled up this. Okay, so it logged in. That's good. So let's close. Well, click and hold down your mouse on that button. Click and hold down. And let's go back to the geo map of current events. So just back one, I guess. So just select that one. Or just Oops. click back. Okay, just click back. Okay. Save to my places. All right. Now, go ahead and do a search for Canada. Oh. And what we're going to look for is a, is a place on the map that we can add. Yes, you're there. Okay, and you saved it? Mm -hmm. Excellent. So go ahead and click I my... I saved it twice. Okay, that's okay. Letters. Click on my places. And then click on... Let's see. We... The map doesn't show up there yet. Uh, quick maps. We should, if you saved, you, you, you had saved it before because it showed up there. Let's click back and hold down the mouse on the, just click and hold and go back to GeoMap. Click save to my places. Okay. So now, repeat that again, I guess. Maybe it didn't. It didn't save it because we hadn't saved that first. So, yeah, type in. All right. So, um, does that article mention a particular place? Let's click on the article and see if it lists a city or oh, it says Ottawa. Or... I didn't really see one. Indigenous 
Jesus writes. Well, let's just do Ottawa. That's the capital, right? So just go up here to your Canada map and put in Ottawa. So just search for Ottawa, Canada. I think. Is, it, is Ottawa the capital of Canada? I think it is. Um, I'm recording this. I'm just going to sound real dumb if, I, if I'm wrong. Like I, don't <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead and click click there. Uh, Ottawa. Uh -huh. And so, well, sorry. Go back. I guess I have to click over here on the A. Oh, it's a save to map there, too. Okay. Save to map. And click save. All right. And then click view map. All right, so I don't know why. Click the refresh button. Yay! Ottawa, Ontario. Okay, so if you click on it, it'll go there. And so there's your, your spot. Ooh. Now we can edit it, and you can make it say... Yep, go ahead and click edit. You can make that say whatever you want. So if you want to put part of the headline up there, and actually you can see in this one, they've got a little picture in there yeah. along with text. Basically, this is the, the placemark information editor. So you can put whatever you want in the title of it, and then in the body, it can include just text. It can include a link. But you can also put images, and you can even put video if you want to, you know, inside that inside that box. I could put other things in there. So did you say that? You, did you, you saved it to the map already, right? So go back to My Places. Click the reload button or the refresh button. Yay, there it is. Okay, were you here the Rarotonga? Go ahead and click on it. Or you did you did too. So you can no, I think so maybe. Is that, well, that the, was first the first one? one. Yeah. Okay. No, that's all right. Which one do you want to keep? I don't know. I don't I don't know what the article is, I'll just highlight it all. Well, okay. Okay. And this is just this is for practice. This is for practice. So go ahead and click edit and I'll show you how you can um, delete them. So once you have that, if you didn't want this one, you can click delete there in the corner. Mouse over that a little bit more, and it may. There you go. Don't worry, just got the arrow. There you now click that. Uh, huh. just kind of got it over the. Um, zoom out a little bit so we're not quite. Yeah, click that to can you zoom out some more. Zoom out more. Maybe move the page over a little bit. Can you click here and move it? There you go. Now click delete. Okay, so that one's gone. Click on. Rarotonga. All right, and now you can make this the place mark. Um, look however however you want it to look. Well, so like I have this one and that title, but now what? I mean, is there a way I should be able to click on this and see the article because I'm not yet? Right. So here's my. What did I get? Did I? What did I copy? Did I copy my article? All right. Here's my article about Turks Turks and. Caicos. I'm going to have to say that about 20 times to be able to pronounce it naturally. So 
I'm clicking edit on the map and then clicking on the item that I want to that I want to edit. There are several modes for editing a placemark. Plain text, rich text, edit HTML. And by the way, you can change your placemark. There's a there are default icons, but you can choose what you'd like your icon to be about. So this one looks like it's about the rights of indigenous women, so I'm going to choose this police officer that looks like he's raising his hand and holding it. Um, plain text is the simplest, and it's just, you know, text, nothing else. Um, rich text is going to be able to include links, and that's what we're going to want in this case. So you can... Um, You can type something like, um, this is an article I found about the democracy video challenge. And you can make that a link. You make a link by highlighting text and then clicking the link tool, which is supposed to look like a chain, and it brings up a pop-up menu that says, put in your link. Why is it always a good idea to copy your URLs if you're going to be making a link instead of... Yes. Because with one, you know, one wrong character, it's, it's off and, and you're not going to get it. So copying your link is what you want to do first. And it's also handy to know your shortcuts. Um, on a Windows computer, which a lot of you may be familiar with, it's the Control key, Control C to copy, Control V to paste. On the Mac, they have a key they call Command, and that's the little symbol for it. And so, particularly when I'm copying and pasting things into different boxes, it's handy to know that because I can press Command-V, and that long address is pasted in. Okay? And now, that's a link. When I click OK, and I save my map, and I say that I'm done, I'm no longer in the edit mode, this is what my map looks like. I can go to Equatorial Guinea and I could click that link and go to the article about the dictatorship seeking entry into the Portuguese language community. I can click over here on Turks and Caicos <laughs> and I'll have to move this over a little bit. This is an article I found about the democracy video challenge and I can click that link and go over there. So we are creating an interactive map collaboratively using Google Maps. And so this is, I think, the easiest way, the most straightforward way to make a map together. Um, some of the other examples, well, probably all the other examples that I showed you, most of them, you know, you would have one student or one team of students on the same computer working together. With this tool, as long as they can log into Google, so they're going to have to have a Google login. And for you to know, we don't have that yet for students, but that's on our roadmap. I mean, it's a big week rolling out laptops to, you know, all, all the high school teachers yesterday and today and lots of things going on in the district in the next year or so. I don't think there's been a date set. Um, the roadmap is to have email addresses that the district provides, which are Google accounts. At this point, we don't have those, so students would have to, to have their own. But this is a, I think, uh, you know, very powerful and free way that we can create maps that have extra information in them.
text, links, and then kind of the next step, if we would want to take it to that point, you know, might be images and even videos that we could do. Those were a lot of steps, and I didn't write down all the steps for you. Um, I will work on getting some links to some tutorials about um, about those steps. One of the things that I I put on here for tutorial, there's two different links that I have here. Um, PBS, well, I don't think I'm going to go to that one. The second one, I, I've done a full-day workshop before about Google Earth and Google Maps and... Um, and uh, ex- and explaining um, a, a bunch of different things that we've tried here, and I will I will work on getting even if you have little to no experience with programming or creating web pages, creating web pages. Anyone can create personalized and customized maps of anything, from a simple placemark to an around-the-world tour using Google My Maps. Today, I'll show you how to create a unique My Map. First, open Google Maps. Click on the upper left tab, My Maps. Click on Create a New Map. This is what I did in advance. You'll need to sign into your Google account if you haven't already. I'll make a San Francisco walking tour map. Decide what you'd like to call your map and enter a title and description. You can choose to make your maps public or unlisted. Public maps are shared with everyone and will be published in the search results. I'll make this map public. Click the Save button when you're done. Now you're ready to create your map. First, create a mark for the start point of the walk. Since I want to start at the ferry building, I'll set my mark there. So this is a little bit different from what we did. We were just doing a search for that country, um, but this is another way, and particularly if you were going to do like an Oklahoma one, you might zoom into that area. We're going to be in Guthrie, and I want to show you, you know, where you want to go downtown or the best restaurants, you know, that you want to get on your visit or whatever, or where the speed traps are, whatever we're going to show, right? So they're dragging that place mark icon, you know, down onto the map which they can move around, but it's the same process that once the placemark is there, you can edit it and put text, links, and images and video if you want into it. Could you do it Next. more like... No, no, go ahead. If you did a walking tour like a country, yeah. and you had already made your codes and pasted them onto the different places people could scan it, and then it might show them the map of how to get to the next spot. Yes, you could even do scavenger hunts. I've thought about doing that kind of thing. Or you could have a class. I mean, we could do a Yukon, you know, scavenger hunt. And and it could blend QR codes with it, or it could, um, I mean, there's there's lots of different ways. Wait a minute, your school kids did a World Fair, and the kids would go to the next room, which might show the, uh-huh. what the artwork, what the foods were, whatever. Right, yeah. Or they could design a different pathway, you know, maybe. I don't know. I mean, this is definitely going to lend itself best to, you know, being out in the community where you've got, you know, different objects and stuff. But it could be a driving tour. You know, here, learn about the mill. Learn about um, our old, you know, education admin building. And you could hear a story about it. I mean, it's there's a lot of possibilities here. And especially as we create media and make that media accessible online, just like the audio booth, 
and it could be linked inside, you know, the tour. And we don't have to create all the media, too. There's a lot of different videos on YouTube. There are, you know, Wikipedia articles. There's other websites. We can link to the museum, local, you know, history museums or travel. Uh, you know, Travel OK has got different sites. And so those kinds of things can, can go in here, too. Give the start mark a name. I'll choose the ship icon from the menu to represent the ferry port. Now it's time to draw your route. Select the straight line tool and start to draw. I'll walk along the water down the Embarcadero, then up to Coit Tower to get a nice view of the city. Back down through North Beach to Pier 39 to Ghirardelli Square and finish my tour at the top of Lombard Street. Double click to finish drawing your route. Then add an icon and title for the final point. You can also click on Satellite View to check that your route is accurate. Next, I want to make note of scenic spots on this tour and add photographs and video. There's a beautiful cove where historic ships can be found, so I'll draw a shape to let others know where it is. I'll use the Shape tool to mark out the area, enter a title and description, and click OK. I'll add a marker for another scenic point, Coit Tower, only this time I'll add a photo of the location. To add a picture from your web album, click the Rich Text option and select the picture icon. Paste the URL of the photograph and then click OK. I also want to make note of the sea lions near Pier 39, so I'll add a mark here and change the icon to a fish. I'll also embed a video from my last visit by switching to Edit HTML and adding the YouTube video code. So she's copied that it's out of It's quite a long walk, and I may be very hungry afterwards. So I want to search my maps for a cafe near the end point. On the left-hand side of the page... Okay, I'll pause that. I'll go ahead and add that video onto our page, and that might be a great video to show your students because they're providing a pretty good overview there of, of those tools. So this has been the first time I've taught this workshop in a, you know, hour and 15 minute kind of segment. Um, it is a, it's a lot. There's a lot of different possibilities here. But, you know, we successfully made a map together. I mean, we put some spots on it, we added some text, and we added some links. And that's really the foundation of a GeoMap project. There are a lot of other tools and there's a lot of other fancier ways to do that. But what I would encourage you to do is, um, you know, think about how that might connect with a project that you might have students do. And at a minimum, add that as an option for them. You know, you could show them that video, and I'll put a link to that on our page. And it's free. I mean, there are a bunch of steps and a bunch of clicks to be able to do, but this is, a this is you know, not for kindergartners by themselves independently, but, you know, if we talk about certainly middle schoolers and high schoolers um, and then with assistance, upper elementary kids, you know, this is stuff that we that they could do independently and do in groups. And it can just have another layer. It's another dimension of thinking about your product. You've got a research paper you give us, fine. I would like you to situate that on the map. And I want you to use images and I want you to find a link, you know, that gives us more information. And so... It doesn't fit into a neat box of this is a video, you know, this is a research paper, this is a PowerPoint. It's not, you know, it's something different. 
Um, it's, I think of it as a remixed project or an integrated project because it takes things from a lot of different places. And so lots of stuff we can create, lots of stuff we can make. These things that are on the bottom kind of put a lot of them together because if we've made a web page that tells about the old, the old school building or the mill, okay, we could link to that. If we have some narrated art with somebody telling a story about remembering when I had class and asked Kathy Davis, tell us a story. I think she taught maybe in there, did she, at one point? She's, she says she's been around since Christopher Columbus. So, you know, I think she has, uh, she has some connections to that building. But you could actually get that, and then that can go into a geo map. It could go into an e-book, into a digital story. Um, so my email is in the directory, West Fryer. Send me an email. Love to come meet with you after school during your planning period. Um, please don't be overwhelmed. That's like the easiest things to do are to get scared and be overwhelmed, okay? Try to avoid that temptation. <laughs> you know, there are lots of possibilities, but we are in a very supportive district with wonderful resources, and I've just continued to love the folks that are here and working with the people here. Um, and it's just awesome to have a chance to to do these kinds of things with you, not just as an after school, here's, you know, an hour and a half of PD, but the best is when it's, you know, on your planning time, in your classroom, with a project that you're going to do with your kids. That's the, the best learning, and, and do that together. So any last questions that any of you would like to, to ask or... I just wanted to show me, like, how to finish this up. <laughs> how to finish it up? Okay. Did you click save? Uh, you might have more general questions. You bet. Just click OK there. Just hit OK. Uh-huh. And then you're going to click. Oops. Done. But where was it that I was copying that information? Um, like, where I was going to create a link. Cause oh, okay. Because you didn't create it? Okay. Yeah. So click on, yeah, click there on the Disappearance of Native Women. Edit. And this is where you'll highlight, so highlight this article. What am I What am I? Well, you just, you might want, we'll just, we'll click and drag. Okay. Now click the link tool, that uh, blue chain looking thing. All right, and now paste. So command V. Ta-da, you did it. Click OK. Oh. And click OK. Done. All right. So now, when you click the disappearance of Native women, up it pops, and it's a link. And if you click on it, it's going to go to that address. Yay! Yay! Yay. So it's just a matter. The first step, you got, you know, copying the link, and then it's a matter of highlighting the text and being on that rich text option because that gives you the link button okay. that you can add. And that's the best way to get your kids to do links. Rather than saying, click here, da 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 just have them write in natural language and then make it a hyperlink. More information is available about the Yukon Mill. And then they, you know, click on that and go to it. All right.